All right, welcome to Brain Body Movement, the podcast, those interested in everything nutrition, training, and mindset. I'm one of your co-hosts, Brad, and I'll be joined by Brock. On today's episode, we'll be discussing fat loss fundamentals. Brock, you want to start off with the main one? So the basics of how to lose weight, how to lose fat, because we want to lose fat, not weight. So the key principle is energy balance. It all comes down to energy balance. Now, for us to maintain our weight, let's use an arbitrary number of 2,000. If we burn 2,000 calories a day and we eat 2,000 calories a day, our weight will stay exactly the same. So what we need to do is either manipulate training, wouldn't recommend that, usually quite difficult to do, or we can eat less food and manipulate that variable. So I'd recommend eating in what is called a calorie deficit. Now, a calorie deficit is the only way to lose weight. You can create a calorie deficit many different ways, but the only way to lose weight is with a calorie deficit. Now, you've got a good, you've got a good analogy regarding a calorie deficit and banking. Yes. So I'll let, you, I'll let you fire away with that one. All right. Cheers for that, Brock. Yes. Yeah, so calorie is basically just a unit of energy. So if you think of um, a bank of how much money you have in the bank, say like you said with your 2000 you got $2,000 to spend each day. If you go over that amount of spending, that's when you start to gain fat. And if you eat underneath that spending or spend underneath that spending, you're going to lose fat. So lose money. So it's a balance of the two. Um, and your body, you've got four ways for your energy output. Um, the main one is called BMR, so basal metabolic rate. And that can add up to maybe 70% of your total daily calories. Then you've got NEAT, which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So things like fidgeting, moving my head light right now when you're nodding, just little movements throughout the day, just walking, just unintentional movement. Then you've got your EAT, which is your exercise thermogenesis. So when you're going to the gym, when you're doing cardio, that can add up to about 10%. And your EAT, uh, your, sorry, your um, thermic effective food, which is probably about 10% because your body takes energy to break down the food and assimilate it throughout the body. So that's maybe five or 10%. And the NEAT also, let's just go back on the NEAT. It's, it can range from 10% upwards from 50% or more, depending on how active you are throughout the day. You've had like some people are real fidgety when they're throughout the day and they could burn upwards of like a thousand calories. So that's your whole energy output. And then obviously your energy input is everything that you eat and drink that all contain calories. And that's your basic energy in energy out so for me that's why i mentioned earlier it's much easier to manipulate the energy going in rather than energy going out so a big factor why i always try to try to manipulate the energy going in is because when you lower the energy going in the energy out will also often lower as well so that neat will become lower that's why having a step target can be a great thing whether it's 6k a day 8k a day 10k a day it doesn't matter just as long as you're maintaining the same level of activity. Sure, the fidgeting may go down and the neat may drop a little bit, but that can be rectified by lowering calories a little bit further if, that, if that's necessary. But as we've said, the main, the main principle is creating that calorie deficit and it yep. does, not, does not matter how you do it. Yep. Matters for health, 
you, you still want to make good food choices for your overall health and to feel good and function well. But in terms of purely fat loss, it's simply a calorie deficit. Correct. Yep. It doesn't really matter too much on the quality, although that's what we try and strive for. It's more the quantity. Um, and yeah, when you're talking about when you're dropping your calories, also your thermic effect of feeding food um, will, will go down as well. So it's like when you're manipulating calories in, it also manipulates calories out. So that's a good way of looking at it. And that's why we keep our protein high because um, it's got a higher thermic effect of food than the other macronutrients, about 30 to 40%, whereas fat and carbs are a lot lower than that. So it keeps you more satiated. And that's really good that what you need to do when you're in a calorie deficit is like try and not be hungry because that's where a lot of, a lot of diets can fail is when you're restricting so much, but then you're so hungry and everything just feels like a lot harder. <laughs> so when I, when I talk about going into fat loss phases, I like what Martin McDonald talks about and it's uh, unconditional permission to eat anything, but not everything. So when things aren't, when you don't feel restrictive, you won't have that restrict binge mentality when you're going into the into the fat loss phase so if we were to say set up a fat loss phase bro how would you go about it with either yourself or with your clients so initially i'd just get them to track where they're currently at so that's that's food that's movement that's training just see where they're currently at because that's that's going to be the baseline for where you manipulate any variables from so see where they're currently at. Let's use that number again, 2,000 calories. Yep. Let's say they're at 2,000 calories. I'll either go into a 20% deficit, so re remove away 20% of their calories, or roughly around the 500 calorie range mark, depend, depending where they're at. Now, the, the, only, the only factor here would be if someone has been dieting previously coming to me, that, that, may, that may change that variable. But otherwise, it's typically a 20% deficit from maintenance calories or around the 500 calorie mark. It could be 400, could be 600, depending on how high someone's calories are to start with. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I like going with percentages more than straight out calorie numbers because you could have, you know, a small young female only on like a thousand calories, just keeping maintaining weight. And then you're like, oh, 500 calorie deficit compared to someone that's like of our build when we're upwards of 3000, it's like 2,500 to... It's a big difference. So that's so why I do like the percentages more than the straight calories. Yeah. 20% 20, 20 is a good number for, for, for a calorie deficit, I, I feel. Mm. So now that we've mentioned what kind of calorie deficit to make, that's for people that are tracking. What would you recommend for those that aren't tracking their food intake? Yes. So there's a few ways you can go about it. There's a lot of people maybe just skipping breakfast could be a way of just removing a whole meal, which in turn lowers your calories. You could eat in a certain window. Um, you can choose, say, minimally processed foods. So if you think of like single ingredient foods, things that aren't in packages that could potentially make you overeat. Um, you could practice eating mindfully, a lot more slowly, um, not being distracted when you eat. Um, any others you got, Brock? 
So I'm not a big fan of meal plans, but I don't, I don't mind having set times of the day to eat and following some sort of structure. So whether you're looking at a plate and you've got a, a fist size, a fist size portion of uh, carbs, a little bit of fats and a, a decent serving of protein, three meals throughout the day, two snacks, whether it be an apple, a little tiny pot of Greek yogurt. I like the three complete meals, two snacks, plenty of water. That seems to be a pretty, pretty basic way of doing it, but I'm not the biggest fan of meal plans, eating the same thing over and over again. The, the rigidity I don't like. Mm. Yeah. We, we like to take more of like a flexible approach, don't we? When yep. it comes to it and flexible meaning there's really no set rules. Um, if you're going to go on to a fat loss phase, let's say it's maybe you want to either do 12 weeks or four weeks, depending on what it is, your mindset's got to be into it. So it's like, all right, for these four to 12 weeks, I'm going to be doing certain amount over this period that may not be sustainable for long-term. We try and look at better sustainable habits throughout, but sometimes it's okay to go, all right, maybe just for this four-week block, I'm going to be eating this certain way. That's not going to be sustainable for long-term, but it's going to get me into a deficit for fat loss in the future, and then we can come back to maintenance for a while. Yep, there, there, there needs to be some sort of restraint in, in a calorie deficit. So that whether you're straining from calories or a certain food, or but you want as much flexibility as possible, in my opinion. Yeah. So the, when, when nothing is off limits, sorry, when something is off limits, the question in your brain then becomes, when can I have it? And you may start to obsess over a certain food. So let's say your favorite food is donuts, for example. You love donuts. You say to yourself, all right, 12 weeks, I'm not allowed to eat donuts. It's, it's not on my meal plan. How do you think your mindset's going to be in weeks 8, 9, 10, 11, 12? I reckon you're going to be fantasizing about that donut. And the first thing that you do after that 12 weeks is nosedive into a box of Krispy Kreme donuts. But the question is when nothing is off limits, it's completely different. So the question is not when can I have it? It's what do I want that best serves my body and my goals? What will help me perform well? The, qu the question completely changes. So that's, that's why you want as much flexibility around your food options as possible. But there does need to be some sort of restraint or rigid rigidity to it. Yeah, so it doesn't matter how you create your calorie deficit, whether you go low carb, whether you go low fat, keto, carnivore, intermittent fasting, it's all tools in a tool belt. But once you know the principle of calorie deficit, energy balance, then you can choose whichever way you want. Um, I personally like tracking calories because then I can control it a lot more. But unfortunately for some people, it's just unsustainable to be tracking their whole life. And I know that the general population is not going to want to put how much chicken they put like ate that day in my fitness power for the rest of their life. And we don't expect you to. So, yeah. I also, I also want to double back and say that just because keto works for you doesn't mean it's going to work for someone else. But if it does work for you, that's great. Do it. It's whatever works for the individual. Just don't go pushing it on someone else thinking, oh, this is the only way to do it. So if keto, carnivore, low fat, low carb, vegetarian, vegan, whatever they are, whatever the diet is that works for you, the form of restraint that works for you, that's all well and good. Go ahead and do it. Yeah, there is some push it on people. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
there are there is something else I want to double back on. Earlier, you were talking about the importance of protein in a diet. Yes. Now you mentioned the the thermic effect of food, the satiety of it. Uh, the one part that you didn't mention was the effect that protein has on retaining muscle mass. Now, retaining muscle mass is extremely important when in a calorie deficit. You want to maintain as much muscle mass on your body as possible, not just because it looks good, but because it's also a very, very expensive tissue. So it requires a lot of calories at rest, which means you can therefore diet eating more calories. So let's dive into the training side of things now in terms of fat loss and how you would structure your training around a, uh, in, in a calorie deficit and around a fat loss phase. Okay. So with training with in a fat loss phase, personally, depending on the deficit, you can continue your training as normal. And I would be hesitant more to stay away from like supersetting high glycolytic activity, like hit training. If you're in more of a aggressive deficit, uh, you, just depends on how your training is, how much volume you're doing. I prefer to go more heavy stuff than um, high rep stuff just because your fuel, when you've got low calories, sometimes your, your fuel is just not there to, to keep you going with that high, high intensity type of training. Um, do you agree or how, how do you set yours up, bro? Uh, I, I totally agree. When when someone's in a in a deficit, I try and I try and stick with uh, straight sets, longer rest periods, give you sufficient time to recover in between. You just don't have the energy to get through that high intensity interval training stuff. Like I'm not a big big fan of hit at the best of times; it's extremely taxing. But when in a when in a deficit, it's just just the wrong way to go about it. You may sweat heaps, you may feel great afterwards, but it's not going to get you to your goal any faster. So I'm, I'm very much majority of the training year round for all of my clients is all centered around building muscle with some performance in there, some mobility in there, some focusing on moving well, feeling good. But I'd say 80 to 90% of the training is always focused around building muscle, whether you're trying to lose fat or gain muscle. So you want the, the stimulus to be centered around building muscle that when you are in that negative energy balance, you're sending that signal of build muscle to the body. You may not build muscle because you don't have sufficient energy coming in, but you may maintain the muscle mass that you have, which as I mentioned before, is extremely key when dieting. So typically straight, straight sets, anywhere within the five, maybe 12 rep range and sufficient time to recover in between sets. So you're looking at 90 to two and a half minutes, 90 seconds to two and a half minutes. Let's, let's touch on cardio. What's, what's your thoughts on uh, cardio to, to lose fat? Okay, so cardio for losing fat, it helps for health and you could probably push harder when you're training. So if you're so unfit that if you're just doing a set of 10 bicep curls and you're out of breath and introducing cardio is definitely going to help with your uh, fitness, which will then in turn help with your training which will then help as you're going along your fat loss journey as a means of trying to increase calories for creating a deficit. It's okay to do, but only sparingly, I think. So if you were to maybe do like two cardio sessions a week, I think mainly for health reasons, it would be good. But if you're, 
waking up every morning, going on the treadmill or the stepper for like an hour every day in a means to lose weight. Um, I think there is just some more sustainable habits that we can put in place instead of doing that. Now, if you want to wake up and do that, that's fine. Um, but I think if you just remove maybe a chocolate bar from your diet, which will probably equate to about the same amount, that would be a lot easier for you and more sustainable long-term than grinding in the gym. And also what we know when we're doing cardio, that time, say you burnt like 300 calories, next time you come back, your body's going to get efficient at using up those calories. It doesn't want to basically you don't want to die. So your body's trying to conserve energy. So it's going to get better every time that you go onto that treadmill. So every time that one hour, maybe 300 calories at the start, is going to go down bit by bit by bit. And maybe by the end of it, it's going to be maybe 150, even less. And then you'll be wondering why you're doing like an hour of cardio and you're not losing weight. And also you got to think that hour that you spent doing that cardio, your body would have burnt calories in that time anyway. So if you think of it like that, it's probably best to take food away than to add extra cardio. And because dieting is also a stress on the body, adding an extra stress on the body as well puts more stress onto the body and recovery goes down. And it's just a vicious cycle. So I, I would prefer to take food away than to add cardio. I totally agree with everything you have to say there. F for me, cardio is a case of doing it for health purposes, heart health. And I am also coming around to the idea of doing it for mental health. For some people, cardio is a bit of a release. So if that's you, then go ahead, do the cardio. But doing cardio as a means to burn fat is a, is a, is a very, very poor strategy. The other thing that I don't particularly like about cardio, and I'm probably going to piss a few people off here, in particular running, is the goal when lifting weights is to slowly progress. The goal isn't to beat yourself up. You're not meant to go in there and, and hammer your body to complete obliteration, although a lot of your gym bros think that's the way to go. With running, everyone's goal is to run as long as I can, as hard as I can, as fast as I can. No one no one that I know of just goes out on a, a cruisy run, especially with the intent to lose fat or burn calories. So that, that's one of my big gripes on, on running is it's, it's always with a point of burning as many calories as possible, as hard as I can, as fast as I can. And it's just beating the body up. With resistance training and strength training, you are going with, or you should be lifting with correct form technique, using dumbbells, barbells that are, are perfect to your body. And you're, you're constantly trying to improve your technique and form. With running, I uh, don't know many people that go out there to burn fat in, in a case of I'm going to hire a coach to help me run, to help with my running technique. And it just it's, beats the joints up the ankles, the knees, the hips, uh, how many runners have got knee, in, knee issues is beyond belief. And that's, be, that's because of the intent of going out there, run as hard as I can, push as fast as I can. But having said that, if you're doing it for heart health, for mental health, by all means, go ahead and do it. Just don't think it's necessary for you to lose fat. You don't have to do any cardio to lose fat. That doesn't mean you shouldn't. You most definitely should. 
because your heart is a muscle and you should be training it and you want your heart to continue to beat. So you should probably look after it, mm. but you don't have to do cardio to lose fat. No, you don't. That's a great point there, Brock. You do not have to do cardio to lose fat. It's a, it's a hard pill to swallow sometimes because that's the first thing that people think of. It's like, all right, I want to lose fat. All right, I'm going to start running without even knowing how to run. I definitely probably don't know how to run. <laughs> um, and that's fine. I choose other means to lose fat. Great for the heart. Not so much for losing fat. Absolutely. Now, there's many other things that factor when it comes to a calorie deficit. So putting your body in a negative energy balance is a stress on the body. So you do want to also manage stresses in your life. And there's many ways you can go about managing stresses. You can create a support network where you talk to other people that are going through the same thing. You can hire a coach and have someone to talk to there in that regard. Uh, you could do something like meditation, journaling, any of those things, anything that helps you relieve stress is uh, going to be a big factor there. So stress is another very important one because an, uh, a calorie deficit is a stress on the body. The other one that we didn't really touch on is sleep. Sleep is also extremely important. It can affect mood, energy levels, training performance, hunger signals. It's so, so vital. Seven to nine hours seems to be roughly the, the sweet spot, um, but it's not seven to nine hours of interrupted poor quality sleep. It's seven to nine hours of good quality sleep. Now, if you don't have a way to track sleep, that's okay, but you should be looking for some sort of wind down routine at night to prepare your body for sleep. The last thing you're looking at is your Instagram feed and then flicking that off and then going to bed. Your brain's going to be wired for a couple of hours and it's really going to affect your sleep quality. So those are, those are two factors that I think are also really important to look at when it comes to creating a calorie deficit. The other one is water intake. We like 70% water. So you, sh you should be loading up on water. The, the body can also mistake uh, thirst for hunger. So if you're thirsty, your body may send you a hung hunger signal and it may encourage you to eat more. So keep your water intake high. There's this gallon a day metric that, people seem to run by especially all the gym bros but it it's varies from person to person i wouldn't recommend a, a young female to be consuming a gallon of water a day but your 250 pound 125 kilo bodybuilder could probably easily crush a gallon of water a day but that's just an arbitrary number i'd be going for yourself are you thirsty yes drink some water no you're probably okay there are three other factors that we didn't really touch on stress, sleep, and water. Yeah, no, that's very good. Yeah, just with your hydration and stuff, you do get a lot of your water from food as well. So if you are going, say, on a low carbohydrate diet to lose fat, um, you do get a lot of water from carbohydrates. As they pull about three or four grams of water in glycogen stores in the body so when you're dropping carbs you're going to be dropping a lot of water and you may get some headaches and stuff so it is important to hydrate with water and um, some sodium you can just get like a hydrolyte tablet or something like that um, just to keep that up just be mindful of that as well um, sleep yeah is a is a big one um, i know if i've got lack of sleep i will be reaching for those caramelic koalas no doubt 
Um, so just be mindful, be mindful of that. Um, yeah, stress is stress is a big one. So you know, if you're going through a hard time, stress at work, stress with a relationship, uh, stress of money, and then you want to do a fat loss phase, maybe it's probably not the best idea at the time because it will be adding a bigger stress on you, and you'll feel like the whole world is against you when really you just need to maybe just sit back, relax, and um, try and work out some other things outside of um, of a, the diet than you know trying to lose fat it, it may not be yes. the right time for you that that's uh mm. that's totally okay it may, it may not be the right time for you to lose weight and as i just said it's totally okay so mm. just prioritize getting yourself right first and getting yourself into the right space to be able to so that'll that'll bring me to the next point is sustainability so you have to do something that is sustainable. If you can't see yourself doing it for the rest of your life, then it's probably not going to be sustainable. So if you can't see yourself not eating a carb for the rest of your life, one, you're a psychopath because bread, pasta, and all the goodies are delicious. But, <laughs> but you shouldn't be going keto, like plain and simple. If, if, if you like bread, pasta, rice, fruits, vegetables, then don't. Carrots. I don't, don't know go why keto. They say carrots. It's like, what the hell, man? Don't eat too many carrots. It's like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, sticks, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I don't, I don't understand people that are so adamant on going keto, but yet some of their favorite fruits is a, a banana or blueberries. Like, that's clearly not sustainable for you. So, what you have to, what, what you choose to do has to be sustainable long term. Now, I get we're probably more on the, the flexible and tracking side of things, but we're not saying do that forever. So using the food scale, tracking and logging in my fitness pal is an educational tool. It's not a forever thing. For some people, it is a forever. For me, it's seamless in my life and I can do it easily. For the large majority of people, and if I'm a smaller percentage, it's a, it's a stressor. But for the large majority of people, they don't want to do that for the rest of their life. I totally understand that. But it is an educational tool. So... If you, if you don't know what a serving size of cereal or peanut butter looks like, I highly recommend you get a food scale and you weigh out a serving size of peanut butter or cereal. It is a lot smaller than what you think. You'll be consuming a lot more calories than you think. Same goes for nuts, cashews, almonds, macadamias, whatever it is. Weigh out a 100 calorie serving size and you'll actually be surprised at how little it is. So that's why... Tracking is not necessarily a forever diet, but it's an educational tool. So you have a better understanding of the nutritional value and, and caloric density of the foods that you're eating. Now that can be the foods that you're eating. So it's not necessarily just healthy foods or rubbish foods, but if you go to track something and you go, oh, wow, that's actually 670 calories. I, I can't afford that in my calorie budget, as you mentioned earlier, then it may stop you from eating that and you may choose a smarter option that's 400 calories fits into your budget and you can maintain your calorie deficit but tracking is it's primarily i use it as an educational tool and then i try and wean people off it because i understand it's not for everyone now some people actually like tracking they like the the numbers and the the hitting a target and for those people great can do it forever if that if that works for you yahoo <laughs> but it, it doesn't work for everyone so the, the, the key principle is sustainability. You have to do something that you can sustain for the rest of your life. 
There's no end date to fitness, health and fitness. No end date. That's it. Got to just keep those sustainability practices if you want to continue at your same weight. And we're talking about fat loss. So, yes, you do have phases of fat loss and phases of maintenance and phases of building muscle. Um, but what we're talking about is fat loss today. Now, uh, there, is, there is something I want to give a quick touch on first. Okay. Uh, who fat loss is for? Nice. Now, if you've, been, if you've been chronically dieting for years on end and your metabolism is not in a healthy place, then you probably don't have the right to diet. If, if you're one of those people that can't lose weight eating 800, 1,000, 1,200 calories a day then, and your hormones are all out of whack, then you need to do something to rebuild up your metabolism and reset your body to a baseline before you're in a position to lose weight. Yeah, definitely. If just eating to live instead of consistently going, oh, I'm going to be on a diet, I'm going to try and lose this fat, uh, I can't have this food, I can't have that food, just get into the right mindset of, all right, just for this whole week, maybe I'm just going to eat to live because that's what you're going to have to do when you finish your fat loss phase is you're going to have to sustain the amount of calories that you're eating. So after your fat loss phase, your maintenance is going to be a little bit lower than when you first started. So don't think that once you finish your fat loss phase, you can eat what you were eating at the start of your fat loss phase. It's going to be because you're a smaller human because you've lost fat. So your metabolism is going to be burning a little bit less calories than normal. Um, your activity may stay the same and your food will drop a little bit. So it is going to be a little bit less, not a huge amount, uh, but just be wary of that when you come back after your fat loss phase. Yep, totally agree. Hit the nail on the head there. Beautiful. So uh, we've covered everything fat loss related or the, the, the fundamentals. So energy balance, a calorie deficit, how to structure your training, other stresses, so sleep, um, stress other stresses sleep stress uh hydration and then we talked about sustainability that's ultimately the key you've got to be able to adhere to it long term and then who fat loss is for it may not be for you so just bear that in mind that if you've been chronically dieting for years it's not for you but that's all for today's episode we just want to say thank you so much for listening to us if you enjoyed or took any value at all from this episode, we would really appreciate if you took a screenshot and shared it to your Instagram stories. Don't forget to tag us. We would also love if you shared it with family and friends and left us a five-star review. But before we go, if we can leave you with a few things, make your damn bed, get your steps in and be kind to one another. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>